Welcome to the Joseph Barlow Ministries podcast. Here, you'll learn from a real-life dad about raising a family, developing a healthy marriage, and teaching your children to find their purpose. Here he is, Joe Barlow. Hey friends, Pastor Joe Barlow here, and uh, welcome to the podcast. Today we're talking about an interesting topic. Um, one that's probably had a lot of back and forth or contention within the Christian circles. And um, we're going to talk about dating. But I want to find some balance in dating because I've heard things all the way from no more dating, you know, I'm just waiting, all the way to uh, there's no uh, hindrances or whatever, to whatever you want to do. Um, I'm... There's got to be a balance in here. Uh, one, you shut yourself off to all forms of uh, relationship with other people uh, of the opposite sex. And the, and the other one, you just give yourself away freely to everyone. And then what do you have left? But there's got to be a balance. There's got to be something in the middle. So, Lord, we ask you during this time today to, to speak to our hearts. The Lord, I ask you to minister to every single person who's listening and um, help us to gain wisdom from heaven. So, in, Lord, I ask you that in Jesus' name. Friends, listen. Um, dating is a precursor to marriage, uh, but dating also has become a, uh, a, a sport for some, <laughs> probably for some men and maybe some women. Uh, it has become a sport or a uh, just a form of entertainment. But what's going on with dating? What what is the what's really going on? Let's talk about some of that. There is a need um, in teenagers. Let's talk about for companionship. Uh, their hormones have started kicking in. Probably be anywhere between the time they're nine nine years old and. 12, 13, 14 years old. So they've gone through puberty and now they're like, they want to express uh, what's happening to them physically. Well, maybe we, uh, maybe are, maybe we're born in the wrong century because 100 or 200 years ago, once you hit puberty, you, they, they were expecting you to be ready to be married. And Things weren't as complex as they are now because back then you could learn how to run the farm by the time you were 14 years old. 15 years old, taking a wife by that age, you know, it's not such a big deal. And you're having four or five kids by the time you're 20 and you got plenty of farmhand help, right? Um, but we live in a different world now and... Um, our, our society is much more complex, and, and it does take a, probably more years to get to the point of uh, independence where you could begin to live on your own, uh, support and raise a family. And uh, so that's, that takes some work. That takes some maturity, right? But there is a need for companionship. People want to... Uh, people want to learn how to be friends with the opposite sex. They, wanna, they want to be married. Uh, 
And I will tell you this, and I heard this from another minister, but, you know, in the scriptures where God says, uh, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. When God said that, be fruitful and multiply, that necessarily means that God at that moment gave you a sex drive. And uh, I thank God for it. You know, I'm the 10th of 14 kids, so I have to believe in big families. Um, so, uh, and, and my wife and I have seven children. And I like to joke around and say, you, you know, we never did figure out what caused them. But uh, we all know what caused them. And, uh, and that is because God gave humans a sex drive. And he gave each human a different gender. And that gender is built to provide the equipment necessary for the continuation of the race. And that's a beautiful thing. God created it. It really, really is beautiful. Um, outside of uh, the context of how God created it, because God created it for marriage. God created the sexual union for marriage. And... Um, if you raise your children or if you were raised with good morals, then you had a resistance to um, uh, sexual activity. You had probably you had a strong temptation, most likely, because you were given a sex drive. However, if you were given strong moral character, you had the ability to resist or you had the desire or the... Uh, you know, you know, you felt the requirement to resist sexual temptation. And that's good because uh, you don't want to, you know, like it says in the scriptures, should your streams flow in the streets, you know? Uh, no, it's, it's for one person. It's for one person. And I really love that. I, 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 I'm th I thank God I'm a, I'm a one-woman man, you know? Uh, I remember when I was a teenager... Or maybe, maybe maybe ten or eleven years old. I heard my elder siblings talking about uh, the 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 uh, positive things about purity and virginity. And I remember sitting there at that. I might have been standing at the end of the table listening to them. And I remember making a decision in my heart right then: when I get married, I'm going to be a virgin. And, um, well, I, for me, it was a solid brick wall. There was just no way I was going to break that oath. And I thank God that, you know, I was able to walk down the aisle and, and I fulfilled that promise or that oath. Um, I was talking to some friends and, and one friend said, man, my, my, cause I had told him, I said, for me, it was a solid brick wall. He goes, well, he said, my wall had a lot of holes in it. And then the next guy says, what wall? He didn't even know there was a wall. For him, there was no wall. So um, this, is, this sets a minefield for dating and whether or not it's safe to date. So if you have teenagers and is it safe to date, what are the expectations? I've been thinking recently about uh, my own children and uh, other children. And there's some other families who do, haven't necessarily been raised with the level of morality 
that we have been raised with or that we raised our children with. And so I'm, I would say I'm concerned uh, that there's certain kids, I, even though they might be great kids, but I have no interest in them uh, dating my children uh, because I don't believe they were raised with the same moral character. So for me, as a dad, that wouldn't be a good match. That wouldn't be a good thing because it'd be like sending your daughter into a lion's den. Um, because if there is no moral character on the other end, uh, that's a dangerous, dangerous place to send your child. And um, so knowing the, knowing the parents is always a good thing if you can do that. Uh, having good moral character for yourself um, you might be an adult and wanting to date uh, as uh, hopefully if you're not married, <laughs> right? Um, but you may be an adult and think I need to reach out. Well, we'll talk about those things as well. But uh, for now, let's, let's focus right now on this teenage dating and answer some questions there. It is just a matter of fact that everyone was built with a sex drive. That's why there is an attraction to the opposite sex, uh, because it's chemical, because it's physical, because effectively it's medical, as my wife would say. Um, there is desire there. And if you raise your children and ignore that or hide that from them, you're not being honest. You need to be honest with your children. Now, I would say not too honest because, <laughs> you, uh, you know, you can introduce your, thing, your, your children to things when, in fact, you could be shielding them for a time. There's, there's certain things that a child's just not ready to hear or to know, and that's okay. You have to wait and, and tell them a little bit. Let them know that they do. They they were built by God to have an attraction to the opposite sex. That was God given, God ordained, God planned, and so you're then uh, setting the uh, setting the scenery for them to understand. Yes, this is good and it's right. I'm not weird for for desiring this. I'm not sinful. It's not shameful to have a desire for the opposite sex, okay? Now, because we are physical beings, in a, in a, uh, I like the one, one guy said, we are spirits in a material world. We are, um, according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 20, 23, it says, it says, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body, there's three parts there. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who called you is faithful and he will do it. So there it talks about the human person being three parts, spirit, soul, and body, right? And a lot of people live from their body, from their base nature, from Whatever their body desires, that's what they want to go after. Well, and, you know, everybody does this to a degree in that, you know, when you're hungry, that's your physical body expressing a need. And so you go grab something to eat, right? 
nothing crazy about that. That's normal life, right? Now, the thing is, we also have emotional needs. We have physical and sexual needs, right? Well, um, if, if you are raised as a Christian or if you believe the Bible, then you'll believe that those sexual needs are to be met within the context of marriage. And if you believe that, then preserving it for that time or keeping it until then is wisdom. And if you've ever had to counsel somebody or, or have gone through it yourself, coming into marriage and then the amount of baggage that comes from previous sexual endeavors, um, that baggage can be quite heavy, very burdensome. The shame level, the pain level, um, uh, the guilty conscience, all of that, that's a lot of baggage to carry into marriage. So I, I do just outrightly encourage my youngest daughters uh, just to say, listen, the less active you are, the more thankful you're going to be after you get married. It's just, that's just the way it is. Because uh, every single act of um, uh, as se- sexual expression before marriage, um, every single one of them has the potential to come back and haunt you. And why bother? Why send garbage into your bedroom, into your future bedroom, right? It's like you're storing up trash for your future bedroom. Well, that's not good. That's not right. Uh, It's not healthy. It's not wisdom. Um, And uh, there's, but, but, you say, well, what, what do I do with the physical needs? Listen, um, those things are not uncontrollable. And I would say that the self-control that you develop as a teenager or as a pre-married person, uh, the self-control that you develop in, um, in resisting sexual temptation is the same self-control you're going to need after you get married to uh, to stay pure and and uh, monogamous, you know, focused on on one person. It's the same self control. Um, you're going to need it, and so you might as well develop it while you are uh, single. Now, um, some people think, well, no, this is who I was created to be. I'm a sexual being. I'm supposed to go and express this sexuality freely. Well, that is, if you were just an animal, that may be true because animals have no problem and make no apologies about wanting to mate. As a matter of fact, if you've ever heard crickets or frogs at night and you hear the loud, um, you know, it just sounds like crickets at night, every one of them is expressing need from their sexuality. They're, they're, they're all expressing sexual need. They're all, it's a call for mating from all of them. And uh, that's what they're looking for because God made it that way. So you might think, well, that's dirty. That's disgusting. Well, no, that's actually just life. That's the way God created it. And it is real. Okay. But are you at the level of a cricket or a frog that all you want to do is mate? and eat 
Aren't we supposed to be ascended beings? Aren't we humans? Aren't we the ones who have risen up from that base nature? Aren't we ascended to the level of, in a sense, godship, right? Or the god class, since God said, I will make, let's make them in the likeness, in our likeness and in our image, and give them dominion. Um, aren't we ascended? Doesn't it say in the Old Testament, ye are gods, right? Well, effectively, to this world, we are in the God class. Human beings, especially born-again Christians, are in the God class. We are ascended beings. It's not just all about our base nature. Uh, it's, it's about uh, what does God want to express through us? There is such a thing as purity. So where is the balance between purity and um, f- sexual expression? Well, um, in my family, when I was young, we used to kiss all the time. You know, in greetings, we would kiss and hug, okay? And uh, in our family, it was a kiss on the lips. In other families, I see it's a kiss on the cheek. Others, it's just no kiss at all. You know, you, you, maybe you just wave at the person. Um, all, all families are different. And, uh, and it can be shocking to some people to see. As a matter of fact, my parents, in their Christian, Christian group that they were part of, you know, when it was the kiss of peace, they literally did a kiss of peace. Well, they're being more biblical than other people who just shake the hands because the Bible does say greet each other with a, a reverent or a holy kiss. Um, so anyway, don't force me into that, my friends. <laughs> so uh, I had another friend. He was, he was teaching in northern Russia, and he went into this church, and uh, the church was full of men and um, big, strong Russian men. And the first one that greeted him at the door, grabbed him and kissed him right on the lips. And he had to walk all the way to the front of the church and it was full. And every, and he said, well, what do you do in a situation like that? He said, you pucker up and you just do it. And he, he was, I mean, it was crazy. So there's the, you know, some would think that's sexual. No, that's just greeting. That's greeting in that culture. Okay. Now, it, it, <laughs> this is crazy. Um, but everybody has a different uh, moral structure or cultural uh, mores. Cultural mor- mores are the morals and the moral character that's required to live within a certain culture. In my family, um, virginity was held in high regard. Um, It was highly esteemed. Uh, uh, Hugging and kissing was recommended and encouraged, okay? Now, kissing uh, in greeting. Now, uh, kissing, you know, other stuff that wasn't so much uh, encouraged uh, as far as like in in a more sexual situation that was encouraged. But I would say in my family, probably not much was said about it. Um, but, um, I remember in high school hugging all the girls and hugging a few guys once in a while, but even, 
even in the changing of classes, going from one class to another in freshman and sophomore year of high school when I was out in Pennsylvania, uh, going from one class to another, I would probably get five or ten hugs between, between classes uh, from different girls. And uh, that was a very normal thing. Now, I don't think they allow that in schools now. Um, and so, or some schools have shut that down. But there's a, there is a skin starvation in teenagers. They're, I mean, they're just physically, they're physically hungry. They need touch. For me, that wasn't an issue because I would get hugs from my family. I would get hugs from uh, all my friends. So it wasn't, uh, I wasn't starving. Okay. Okay. One interesting thing, just a little side note. Uh, my, my younger brother always used to be, he felt very free in his heart to go up and give my mom a hug or get a hug from my mom and just, just kind of melt into her arms. And I think that for some reason on the inside of me, I didn't have the freedom to do that. And so that for me, that skin starvation, um, uh, the way I remedied that is I would say to my mom, would you scratch my back? And, uh, so she would scratch my back and boy, I would just sit there whether or not I needed my back scratched because the skin starvation was uh, being met. It was being helped through that back scratch. Okay. Now I know I'm supposed to be talking about dating, but listen, I am talking about the fundamental needs right now that will cause people to enter into a dating relationship and sometimes in a not so wise way, okay? Because if, if you have a very strong motivation uh, to get into a dating relationship and the strong motivation is you are skin starved, then you're setting yourself up for some real problems. You're setting yourself up for some, for, for some terrible situations. Uh, to happen and some, I would say, very regrettable situations. People have a sexual appetite. Now, there have been uh, way too many people who have been molested as a child, and that came from the sexual hunger of the predator. And um, and they just used and abused the child relationship there in order to meet their own uh, physical lusts and desires. And now that is sinful. That is uh, reprehensible. That is, uh, <laughs> in some ways, cursable. Okay? And, um, and, but, you know, the Lord says to do not curse. You know, for some people, I'd like to just blow them up with a hand grenade, uh, knowing what they've done. And, uh, but God says, you know, I would rather that they be redeemed. And I think about, you know, God saw what they did, but he still would prefer that they receive forgiveness through the blood of Jesus Christ. Now that to me is amazing. Really, really amazing. Okay. So we have this sexual uh, drive that we have hormones coursing through our bodies. Right now, the interesting thing is, is that, um, you know, the scripture says that a man's eyes are never full of seeing. Well, that right there uh, talks to you about how, uh, you know, 
why women like to dress up because they're trying to make themselves attractive to men. And uh, men's eyes are never full of seeing, which is why pornography has such a big grip on so many people. It's because they're, um, uh, they were built with the desire to look, 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 look. Okay? Now, just because you have the desire and because you have the sexual drive doesn't mean that that's what you're supposed to be doing. Once again, the same self-control that you will need after marriage is the same self-control you will need before marriage. You know, in the scripture where it says, uh, why embrace the bosom of another man's wife, right? It says that in Proverbs, why embrace the bosom of another man's wife? Well, my friends, you can embrace the bosom of another woman with your eyes, and you should not do that, okay? We ought not to do that. Um, now, I know I'm, I'm kicking against the grain here. On, for some people, they're like, well, this is crazy. No, uh, what people are doing is crazy. Uh, looking at pornography is crazy. Uh, subjecting yourself to um, an artificial relationship is crazy, okay? If we do it God's way, then we will receive the blessings of God. I mean, if you really understand it, God built the human body uh, with a sexual drive and for um, the sexual union to be one of, if not the ultimate pleasure of life. The ultimate ple physical pleasure of life uh, was God designed it to be the sexual union. That is the ultimate physical pleasure of life. And God wants it that way. He designed it that way. He, he built it that way. And um, we are to use our self-control so that we're not just going out with anybody and everybody and uh, joining ourselves physically with anyone, okay? Um, now, you might think, well, the, the deck is stacked against me. I mean, the, the temptation is too much. No, it's not. Because the scripture says, where there is a temptation, there's always a way out. First Corinthians 10, 13. Okay. It says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Now, friends, uh, you may have heard uh, somebody say, God will never give you more than you can bear, or he won't allow things to get worse than what you can handle. Well, that's not true, and that is a misinterpretation of this scripture, because there are situations where people are pressed, so, pressed to the point of death and they die. Um, well, then that verse doesn't seem to be true. Well, this is the verse. And let me read it again. It says, and this is 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says, no temptation. We're talking about temptation. We're not talking about trials here. We're not talking about difficulties. We're not talking about, like, if you were in a war, if God won't let you be uh, brought to the point where beyond what you can endure, then no bullets could ever kill a Christian. 
So that, you know, that doesn't work. That, that, that's not a proper interpretation of the scripture. Here it says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So my friends, in any and every situation, in any temptation, any, 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 any temptation that you have ever endured or that you will ever endure, God has always made sure that that temptation was not more than you could resist. And he also has provided a way out in every single situation. God has provided a way out of that temptation. So uh, right now, I'm taking away all your excuses to that you give yourself to fall into temptation because uh, you don't have any excuse now that if you fall into temptation, uh, it's, it's not God's fault and uh, God didn't let you fall into that temptation. Well, he gave you a way out, right? So as we're dealing with these things, um, and it looks like I'm not going to get through all of my content today. We might have to do an extra week on this uh, to talk more about dating because it seems like we're right now we're talking about uh, the resistance of sexual temptation. But, um, but uh, it's so important that you know uh, why um, so many parents are have been against dating in the past, and why you know, like there was a book out called um, "I Kissed Dating Goodbye." Well, uh, there's a lot of people who took that book and made it gospel to them, and they ended up uh, being 30 and 40 years old and still not married. And beyond the point of being able to find a spouse, and uh, they're seriously bumming, and they they're they're basically crippled, and they don't know what to do. Um, well, people need to be pastored. People need to need to be parented through these years, these teenage years, these these young adult years, uh, and and the the time of finding a spouse and and um, and getting married, you know, finding a, and coming into a relationship and getting married. God is so interested in, if you're single, God is so interested in you uh, being married. Unless he's given you the gift of being single like Paul talked about and like Jesus himself had, uh, unless he's given you that gift, then God's will is for you to be married. Just so you know. Because he wants the propagation of the species and he doesn't want you to be alone. So, there's a big problem with loneliness. People don't want to be alone. Well, that's a big issue. Man, this, this, con- this um, topic is so huge. And it just seems like there's so much to say about it. And uh, I, don't seem to, I don't feel like I'm making as much progress as I wanted, so I apologize there. But um, people have really been injured by this um, you know, by how they took this book, I Kissed Dating Goodbye. It was all about basically, hey, I'm going to trust God for my mate instead of going out fishing and and going through the, I'm going to date one person, then break up, and then date another person, then break up. They talked about it. It's like divorce practice. 
you know, constantly getting together and then breaking up with people. And that pattern could be continued. Well, sure, it could be. Um, but I do believe people need to date. Now, uh, in my family, when I was raised, uh, uh, the, the uh, age, you couldn't date until you were 16 years old. Now, as Nancy and I are raising the kids, um, I'm thinking more along the lines of 18 or older. Um, because those are the, you know, you're getting into the marriable years, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but, you know, that's just a personal preference. And you don't have to set a date on it if you don't want to. But uh, you do have to know your own child's maturity, where they are. And, uh, and can you guide them? Can they... Do they have self-control? Can they handle a dating situation? Um, My son John, when he was uh, around 18, he was finishing up a class that he was taking and uh, it was in somebody's home and this woman was teaching a bunch of kids. And there was this other girl in the class and on the last day of the class, he asked this girl uh, for her phone number. And John was about 18 at the time. So they started talking on the phone. They started um, uh, they, they started uh, hanging out together, spending time. And boy, what a beautiful relationship. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm just so, so pleased with my now. Uh, my son John is married to Glory Joy. And what a beautiful girl. What a delight she is. Uh, she's got a beautiful family. And uh, we just we just so love them, and we love how God has brought this together in a really really beautiful way. And they are working hard. They both work hard. As a matter of fact, Johnny produces this uh, podcast. He he puts this together. So that's his voice you'll hear at the beginning and the end of the podcast. That's my son John, and I'll tell you, he's my youngest son, and I'm so proud of him. But he took the he took the initiative to step out and ask this girl for her phone number. And uh, so what a beautiful thing that was. And it turned out awesome. I'm so, I'm so very, very pleased. As a father, three of my children are married. And uh, I'm so, so pleased. I have five grandchildren and three, uh, and, you know, children-in-law. Boy, I'm just, I'm just so pleased. I'm so pleased. But each one of them, they had to go through the process of, of taking a step, uh, stepping out to, to uh, you know, make a move towards somebody they were attracted to, right? And, uh, yeah, it's beautiful. Very, very beautiful. All right, so we talked about the sexual drive and that we do need self-control. There's, you have to understand that to some people, you just simply are chemically attracted to them. And, you know, that could be your pheromones shouting out to each other, uh, but basically saying, chances are you would probably make healthy babies. If you're chemically attracted to someone, you probably would make healthy babies. Uh, But you can't build an entire relationship only on the sexual. Um, There has to be so much more. But the, the sexual attraction is important. It's very important, okay? And um, we have to 
uh, wind our way through that. We have to learn how to walk through these things, to keep these areas of our life under control, yet to not leave them without expression. I hope you understood that. Uh, you, God didn't create you as a sexual being to then be without any sexual expression. Um, what does that mean? Once again, we're talking about within the context of marriage. Uh, well, you say, well, what if I'm single? Well, then you maybe should look towards getting marriage, getting towards marriage if, uh, or getting married if, if you are feeling a very strong need sexually. That means that you were created to be married, not created to be single. So you need to go ahead and agree with that uh, predisposition that you were created to be married because you were created with a strong need for sexual expression. And as a Christian, uh, if you want to have a good, healthy marriage, don't be giving yourself away to people, okay? Um, you know, but wait till marriage. I still agree with, I, I still believe in purity. I still believe in virginity at marriage. You know, virginity all the way, as you walk down the aisle, the reason the woman wears a white dress is because that speaks to purity and virginity, right? Um, okay. I think I need to talk more, probably do another series on, or another uh, lesson on this one particular topic about dating because I, I have so much more that I want to share. Um, but as you reach out, if you find somebody who interests you, okay, or if your child finds someone that interests them, uh, how would they ever go about telling you? Or how would you go about telling someone that you're interested, right? We, uh, we were uh, privy to a teaching uh, and we shared it with some of our younger kids. And it was the, the ping system, like one ping, two pings, three pings. So one ping means, wow, look at that person. I'm attracted to that person. You know, uh, there's something about them that really I get stirred up I'm, or, or I just love the way they look. So that would be considered one ping, right? Two pings is like, you love talking to this person. Not only are you attracted to them, you love talking to them. You're having a great time. There's wonderful conversations. You have a lot of shared values, et cetera, et cetera. Three pings is like, you know, let's set a date. <laughs> you know, you two are meant to be together. Let's, let's go ahead and make this happen. So if there's three pings happening, then, uh, then you need to start having, um, you need to start moving towards marriage. Well, uh, you might have a million and a half questions about that. Well, uh, I hope you have parents or someone you can talk to. If not, send me some questions and we can talk about them. All right? I can answer uh, some questions about this in the future, which I'd love to do on this podcast. All right? Um, cool. Uh, you know, I want to talk about something else here. Uh, and this has more to do with uh, Joseph Barlow Ministries. Okay, and we'll finish up. We'll do another uh, thing on this dating thing. But let me, let me move forward and talk a little bit about um, a transition that's happening. Uh, most of you know, or a lot of you know, that I've, I've been pastoring Family Life Christian Center 
in Carroll Stream, Illinois for the last 16 years. And I love our church. Boy, I love our church. And I love the people. I love how the people are open to the gifts of the Spirit, open to the Holy Spirit. They're open. They really love God. They love His Word, and they love each other. So it's really, really an awesome church. But recently, the Lord spoke to me and said, uh, to step, he asked me to step aside. And uh, so that's bringing about a pretty major change in our church. And um, because uh, I'm going to be stepping aside and uh, I'm going to be ordaining my son-in-law, Danny Hochstetter, and I'm going to be positioning him as the, uh, the new pastor or executive pastor of the church. And um, what this means to me is that something within JBM is going to be happening at a much different scale. God's going to have me doing more. Now, he, he gave me direction within this, uh, as he told me, or asked me to step aside. He put my eyes on two things. One was uh, that I should start coaching individuals. And so I'm going to make that part of Joseph Barlow Ministries is that I will be coaching people and, uh, you know, like hour-long sessions. And uh, so I probably will be doing a, uh, like a group coaching, like a group prophetic coaching type of thing coming up. And if you're interested in that, please email me at joe at josephbarlow.org. Joe at josephbarlow.org, okay? So email me there, and then let's, um, let's set up where, you, where I'll let you know when I'm going to be having a session, uh, a, like a group session. Now, people can um, hire me for individual life coaching sessions if they'd like, um, and I don't, I don't even have a... Um, system set up for that yet. I'm starting to coach this week, but I haven't got a pay system or anything like that. But if you're interested in this, get involved in a, 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 a group coaching session that I would probably do on Zoom. So if you're interested in that and getting direct ministry through one of these, then, then get involved with that. Send me that, send me that uh, query at uh, joe at josephbarlow.org. So I'm going to be stepping aside as the pastor at Family Life, and I'm going to, going to be turning it over. And so then I'm going to be much more involved with uh, with Joseph Barlow Ministries, and it's going to be much more of a, let's say, a full-time thing, as far as I know. The Lord said he's got more direction coming to me after I'm free from the care and the concern of the church. And so I'm working right now to bring about the, you know, uh, getting those ministries separated, JBM, Joseph Barlow Ministries, and the church. I'm getting those two entities. They were you know, kind of like two plants in one flower pot, and it's time to pull those two apart and repot them. And that's what I'm doing. So also, if you are not on the, uh, the JBM mailing list, I really wish you, I, I want you to be on that list so that you can get that uh, information. Once again, email me at joe at josephbarlow.org, O-R-G, joe, J-O-E, at josephbarlow, B-A-R-L-O-W, dot O-R-G, okay? Get on my mailing list, and also, if you're interested in uh, 
in a uh, group coaching session. Uh, cool. Well, that's what's going on, and I'm actually super excited about it. The other thing that's happening is I'm going to get more involved in my music. If you've never heard me play or sing, I have a... Uh, uh, I'm on Spotify, I'm on iTunes, I'm on all of the major streaming platforms. All you have to do is look up Joseph Barlow. And uh, please follow me on those platforms if you, uh, if you would. So also, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, that would be a real blessing as well. Listen, my friends, we love you. We're praying for you. And we're believing for God's best in your life, okay? Also, if you've never supported the ministry, I recommend you reach out and do that as well. And you can go to josephbarlow.com, josephbarlow.com. That's my website, or .org, either one. And um, they both go to the same place, and you can support the ministry through there. I also have a bunch of classes, and I have different things that you might be interested in. All right? God bless you, my friends. I hope you learned something from today's podcast, and I'll be back next week with more on this particular topic. All right, praying for you. I love you. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Joseph Barlow Ministries podcast. This podcast is made possible by our partners. To partner with us, head on over to josephbarlow.com where you can donate and help us share God's heart for families with the world. And if you want to learn how to hear the voice of God personally, consider taking our Hearing the Voice of God in journaling class. You'll learn to develop an open connection with God and allow the Holy Spirit to guide you through every step of your life. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time.